Are the Dallas Cowboys taking stuff off the plate of Dak Prescott? All that and more this episode of the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked Locked On. Locked, Locked, Locked On. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat over 50 infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That is J-A-S-E medical.com. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. We are answering your Twitter questions today, so let's jump right into it. We got a really good one uh, right here from uh, Ahmed. He wants to know, Jerry Jones said that Dak Prescott's pre-snap responsibilities are being reduced in this new offense, Landon, and that the offensive line is making more calls. We always hear that Dak is one of the best pre-snap quarterbacks in the league, so why are they taking away one of his strengths? Uh, I think that this is something that it's it's a little bit difficult to parse because we don't obviously get the full list of responsibilities that happen uh, pre-snap, but, but I think that this is actually more of a return to – the situation that the Cowboys had when Travis Frederick was the center. Right. Um, and, and again, like there are a lot of calls to be made pre-snap. Uh, there are, you know, the line calls, which, you know, you're adjusting the blocking scheme based on who the identified Mike is on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they also have other certain calls that they make based on alignment of the def- defense and based on, uh, you know, certain tags that happen for each play. So it's not even just like overall calls that get made, uh, you know, across the board, no matter what happens, if situation A happens, it's also play specific tags and calls that happen to, you know, that, that the coaches will identify as coaching points in the play when they're installing the play during the, the during training camp. So <clears throat> it's it's a lot to call. And so having uh, 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 Biotis kind of take some of the, at least the line call stuff back, I think is good for Dak to be able to not have to worry about making sure that that part is correct and actually get to focus on making sure that the Cowboys are in the correct play, which is the most important thing, right? Is the most important pre-snap aspect that Dak has control over is making sure that, that that you're in the correct play. If you're in a run play, you see a stacked box, especially on the side that you're supposed to be running to, you know, flip, flip the play call or call audible into a pass play. You know, those are the kind of things that we need Dak to focus on the, where, where he thinks the overall defense is as opposed to making the required uh, uh, agreed upon calls that the offensive line has to do in order to uh, properly coordinate how blocking schemes are supposed to work uh, depending on exactly what the alignment of the defense is. It also just allows them to play a lot faster. And we saw this against the Giants. Like when they got into their offense, they could play with more pace because Dak's now not having to try to figure out everything and line receivers up, which is also another benefit of having a a more veteran team is people know where to be, right? Um, Now Dak can, you know, get to play in, call it, and then go. And again, we saw this in the Giants game already. They were now snapping the ball, you know, with 24 seconds left in the play clock rather than, 
yes. what we've seen over the last couple of years where you're getting right down to the last second and it's just easier for defenders to time a snap when they know the snap is coming right now. You can keep teams off balance and I'm going to keep pointing back to what McCarthy did with Aaron Rodgers. You can catch defenses either with too many guys on the field or you can catch defenses with the wrong you know, play caller, not ready to go. And it, it, there's just so many advantages for if you have an offensive line that has the ability to help your quarterback make some of these calls. If you get the calls in early, if you, if you have both guys working at the same time, it's like having two separate processors, right? You got a guy that's up there who's already doing his job for the line assignment. So Dak can skip that because he can hear the call being made from Tyler Biotish. And now Dak can make the you get to his part of the process in the pre-snap. Here's the other thing, too. You mentioned the speed, which I think is a huge element, not only for just generally playing faster, but also in a situation just we live in an NFL world where post-snap rotation, post-snap looks on defensive side of the ball, are it's it's adjusting for where you are pre-snap. So I think it's more advantageous nowadays to get aligned up, get your calls made early in the play call, and then have some time to see how the defense is lingering around a little bit. You know, Get your cadence in. That's the other key thing that, that they really focused on is giving Dak the opportunity to get out there and use some cadence to try to create some offsides penalties. But beyond that, too, much like motion has an advent, uh, advantage of you know pr- creating angles, that sort of thing, there is an identifying aspect of, of having a lot of time on the play call. If you're able to use your cadence to fool the defense, maybe not just to jump off sides, but also to, to reveal what their post-snap rotation is supposed to be, yeah. that's invaluable because they can't get out of it at that point, right? They, yeah. they, it's hard to audible out of a, rotational, a post-snap rotational defense. So once you've identified it, once you've actually got them to expose it, now you can really learn how to take advantage and, and exploit them. Uh, and it's, again, in this world that we're living in this you know, post cover to you know safety rotation uh, world any advantage you can get to get a peek at what they're going to do post snap uh, is incredibly useful for a quarterback and just to be clear they're not really taking anything off Dak Prescott's plate they're just shifting the responsibilities yeah. around Dak is still processing a million different things before the snap it's not like they're just saying hey don't worry about anything just go out there and play it's just it- yeah, it's yeah. not like his opinion is is actually you know uh, beneficial here. This is a this is a identification situation, right? Yeah. And so it, it's not like oh, Dak would ident- like they would all. The, the point is that they would all identify it the, the, the same. The same way. Hopefully, it's, it's just hopefully. getting yeah. Ho- hopefully, right? It's getting through that process quicker by having Biotis take that part of it so that Dak can focus on the latter part of the pre snap process uh, earlier. And that, again, that doesn't mean that Dak doesn't have the option to change a protection if he sees something he doesn't like, right? I mean, he still has that ability, but I think the hope is, again, the hope is that Biotish, and I think Zach Martin helps out a little bit here as well, can help you line things up and get into stuff quicker so Dak can focus on other things, such as the coverages, making sure that the receivers are running the right routes, or if he needs to change the route combination, he can do that. It's just allowing Dak in the whole offense just to play a lot faster. Yep, and get the play in and get the snap off quicker. Yeah. All right, let's get to some more questions, Landon, because we've got some really, really good ones, including what will the Cowboys do with Jordan Lewis now that he's healthy? We'll get to that next. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long, Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or you're scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you the players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. 
So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us in this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. It's Mike Williams for the Los Angeles Chargers. We know a little bit about the Chargers with Kellen Moore running that offense. If you're looking for a sweet matchup to exploit for a big game at wide receiver in week two, turn to Chargers wide receiver Mike Williams. Williams was pretty quiet in week one. He got a little bit banged up in this run-heavy opener against Miami, but he draws a beautiful matchup against a Tennessee Titans secondary that struggled to handle any of the Saints receivers downfield, including Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid. Look for Justin Herbert to hit on at least one big scoring play to Williams. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows that a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. The same is true for your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED uh, headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or dive live at ebay.com slash motors. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. We want to thank you for making us your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow, we've got a crossover with Locked On Jets. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard, but there's mm. some stuff going on with the Jets. We will dive into all of that, what we expect in week two. So make sure you tune in. Landon, our next question uh, comes from Evan. He wants to know, you guys may have touched on this already. We haven't actually. How do you fit Jordan Lewis into this defense if the guys on the field stay healthy? This is tough. and Honestly, I, I kind of, not to go back to this a little bit, but I, I, I have to say, and we haven't really had a chance to talk about this because there's been so many other things going on, right? The, the 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 decision to make Jordan Lewis a healthy scratch week one really makes me call into question the idea of why they didn't put him on pup. You know, I, I just already you're already one week closer to, to to him missing it. I don't know if the plan is to make him active for this week, but you've already got another two guys who you were hoping that are coming off the injury list that you're going to have to you know make active. Unless <sighs> unless. The plan is to eventually move one of these guys. And you're not trading Trayvon Diggs. You're not trading Stephon Gilmore. And you're definitely not trading a rookie Deron Bland, which leads me to a certain corner that could, could trade. I just wonder how hard it would have been to trade Jordan Lewis if he was on PUP the first four weeks of the season. The Cowboys have a game in week five and then a, I think a bye in week six. So you would have at most got to see him one game before a potential trade deadline move. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess it's it's theory. Just, it, it seems very convoluted at this it point. To, like, it, it, especially when keeping Isaiah Land was a very simple, easy, simple way of doing this and pumping uh, Jordan Lewis. I don't know. I, I, I think the answer to the question is, how do you get Jordan Lewis onto the field? Uh, the, the, the answer is, is that you just put him on the field. You know, I mean, like that's the way the defense works is that they're rotating all these guys in. You're going to have to figure out the game day actives and active inactive. Yeah, but who but do you take off the field? I think that's the, the qu- question Evan wants to know. Like, can you at this point, can you justify taking Deron Bland off the field for any reason? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think you can because I think you can justify you have to ask yourself the same question about Marquise Bell and Wanye Thomas. And, and, and you know what I'm saying? Like, that is just part of 
the uh, uh, <laughs> the give and take with having a, a really talented deep defense. That you but you don't do that at corner, corner, though. I think that's – typically your corners play almost every snap. I, I think the difference here is that Jordan Lewis is very much a, you know, uh, 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 an assignment corner. I don't, that's not what a good way to put it, but he's a, a guy that you corner. can – A matchup corner who who uh, is very good at at, at, at uh, very specific assignments, right? Like if you're – like, you know, obviously we, we kind of point back to the, the New Orleans Saints game where – uh, you know, he was, went in there and was was basically tasked with shutting down running back and and and, and making sure that he wasn't didn't break loose for a big game. But there's other stuff. He's an incredible blitzer. He's he does a lot of things very very well. He can kind of go in there for very specific assignments. So I think there are packages in which you uh, specifically have him in the game as the nickel because you're trying to exploit his skill set. But I mean, he's not like coming in as a healthy player and and taking Deron Bland's spot. He's not playing like, 45 snaps. And, and this is why I'm upset about this. Honestly, it's because, I mean, this was always the case, right? Like, it's not I, – I I like Jordan Lewis a lot. I like having him on the team. I like having that depth. But but the, the plan, as far as I was concerned, was never to have Jordan Lewis come in and what, like, compete with Deron Bland? Absolutely not. No. Deron Bland is the better of the two players. Uh, and, and so I think you 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 bring Lewis in with the idea of having a specific way of deploying him uh, to kind of leverage his skill set, not so much like, oh, how do we rotate him in with Bland? No, he becomes one of those Mukwamu-type players where you want to get him on the field and find snaps for him, but you're not like, you know, specifically benching Bland for long periods of time. You're finding packages and game script situations in which his skill set would be useful, maybe more useful than the other guy at, at that moment. I don't know. I, I just don't know what the plan is here. And it sounds like from some of the reports that we got last last week, I know, I think it was Todd Archer that said he only practiced with the scout team last week. And I still yeah. feel like he needs, you know, maybe another week or two of practice, which again calls into question, why do you have him on PUP? Maybe it's for this reason, because instead of having him on PUP, having him on the active rosters, because he just needed this much practice time to kind of get up and get ready for the, you know, for week three or week four or whenever you're going to need him. But, but, but I think that's, I think that's the operative word you just said is need him. Do the Cowboys need him right now? The Cowboys might need him I, in October going, or November, I, I, right? I'll make this statement. They're going to need him at some point. It's just when is that time? But that's – yeah, exactly. That's It's the win, right? I think they're going to need him in November and December. So I would rather him have taken the extra time to get healthy so that if inevitably somebody gets hurt in the defensive backfield, that's when you would, would need him to summit. That's why this thing, this this whole situation, to me, unless you're right, unless they're trying to like dangle him for a trade potential situation, uh, this whole situation, the way they've handled it, doesn't make which, a ton of sense. Which I'm not going to rule that out because you still you've got your top three corners. You've got Noah Igbenogany who was active, made a play yeah. on special teams last week. You still have Nation Wright on the PUP, who's going to be coming back after week four. Yeah. There's just not enough spots on the roster for that many cornerbacks, especially when you have 75 safeties that are all playing at one time yeah. on your defense. Yeah. If you can get them on the field, have them play a hundred snaps before the trade deadline, and maybe you ship them out for, I don't know, a conditional fifth round pick, whatever, to a team that needs corners. I could see that to help you kind of replace what you lost in what Brandon cooks, 
Stefan Gilmore, Jonathan Hankins. I, I would not be surprised if that's the case. Later, let's get to a, another question. This one really quickly from Ryan. He wants to know, how concerning is the tight end position, uh, the play after week one? I don't think it's concerning yet. I mean, to me, that uh, was the exception to the rule of what we've seen from Ferguson specifically. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we've talked several times about how one of the best features about Ferguson is his ability to convert those targets. Yeah. About He was a high percent. I'm pretty sure that – did he have – he had no drops last season. No, I don't think he had drops last year. Like, no. it, I think he converted almost all his targets. So – uh, you know, it was a rainy night. Uh, it, the ball was like a, it was like a Nerf football. You, you, you've taken into the pool, right? Like where yeah. it's like heavy yeah, and, and, and waterlogged. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I'm not, I, 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 I'm noting it. I'm certainly keeping it in, but, but I think for me, uh, we have to see, you know, I, I need to see more evidence that that's the, the norm as opposed to a, a bad night on a, on a and rainy I'm not worried really about Ferguson because he's shown the ability to be a really good, just a really good hands catcher, whether it was in Wisconsin or in the NFL. He also graded as the second best run blocking tight end in week one, according to pro football focus. I thought he was great there. I will say Peyton Hendershot's the one that makes me a little bit more nervous because he did. I mean, he flat out dropped a touchdown and he's just not the same blocker that Ferguson is. Uh, So if, if that continues, I'm a little nervous, but not to the point of like, They've got to go out there and trade for X player right now because it's so bad. That's totally fair. I think Hendershot at, at points during training camp has shown you a little bit of inconsistency in a way yeah. that you, you that makes you a little bit worried. Uh, so th- his drop there was a little more concerning. Ferguson has been nothing but reliable this entire time he's been a cowboy. And he's so, been such a better blocker. So I can tolerate yeah. a drop or two from a guy that is blocking his tail off in the run game. Yeah, and I, I just I imagine that that was the exception to the rule, not yeah. the norm, just because I've watched it in practice and multiple games and in college. He's yeah. the, the normal Ferguson is a reliable hands catcher, so it's not something I'm worried about right now. Yeah, I mean, if it continues, then we're going to have some fun discussions about whether the, the Cowboys can go out and save Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm yeah. sure we'll get there regardless. So Probably. Uh, let, let's get to some more questions, including some free agent options for the Cowboys next. This episode is brought to you by Jace. Everyone should be empowered to take care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use, and it gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing uh, consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using promo code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That is J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code Locked on. Also, I wanted to let you know about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks and nerds, you all you have to do is pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. 
I have so much fun doing this. You can win up to 25 times your money during football season. Again, all you have to do is select two or more players, pick more or less than on their projected stats, and place your entry. My favorite part is they have so many different players and stats uh, that you can pick on. It's it's incredible. Go check it out. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use promo code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use promo code NFL for a first deposit, uh, deposit match up to $100. Go give it a try during the Thursday night game between the Vikings and the Eagles. I promise you, you're absolutely going to love it. All right, we are back here answering your Twitter questions. Um, Lynn, this is a, another really good one that we've had. Peter wants to know, now that week one is in the books, you guys always talk about signing yeah. veterans after week one. Are there any players out there that you would be interested in signing a non-guaranteed contract to? Or which positions do you think the Cowboys could be interested in here? You know, now that we're on the other side of things, hmm. I, you know, I I think it's probably still offensive line, I guess. But 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 honestly, I, I mean, I don't know how you feel, but I feel better ish about it than I did. Just at least because we've seen Chuma Doga out there. Um, and, and I would have loved very... to bring back Jason Peters, but he's signing with Seattle because he thinks he's going to be able to play right away. I, I that's but one that right. I wish the Cowboys could have bought back, but I understand why they didn't. Is Jason Peters at left tackle with Tyler Smith at left guard? better than Tyler Smith at left tackle and Chuma Doga at left guard. I don't know. That's what I'm saying too. And you have Chuma Doga already on your team. So I also just like Jason Peters a lot from what he did last year to help some of the young guys and his ability to play left tackle, right tackle. And like we saw last year, some left guard as well. I I think the other thing that I, again, I'm, Airing towards more nowadays than I have been, you know, previously. As I think, because the game's changed, because the NFL has changed, I think, I think there's something to rolling with the young guys that you've got. Yeah, you know, like you have a, a vet in a Doga, right? You've got a Seam Richards and TJ Bass who both got into the game on Sunday and both played fine. TJ Bass actually graded out incredibly well uh, on limited snaps, but yeah. I mean, the point is, is that. The only way those guys ever get better is by playing. Um, and so there is something, you know, look, there's there's constantly going to be that fear of, and, and, and the balance of, I'm afraid that the offensive line, if we put in a rookie, is going to dis- disrupt and destroy your team. And we've got to develop these young guys so that we have backups so that they don't disrupt and destroy our team. And that balance is very difficult to find. But I, I, I tend to think that, to me, the idea of going out and getting a veteran offensive line is if your backup situation was absolute disaster and it was untenable and it was going to get you lost in games. I don't know that that's the case currently. I think it might be okay enough that I'd be willing to roll with what we've got until I guess until proven otherwise. Yeah. I'll say two spots for me. And again, I, I, I don't know the players out there that would help you, but I still wish they could upgrade that Neville Gallimore spot a little bit. Maybe, I'm yeah. Just, I'm, not, I'm not thrilled with Neville Gallimore. I know he was better in the preseason, but I, I, the names out there aren't great unless you want to like try to go after a Ndamukong Sue who played okay last year for Philadelphia or a Linval Joseph. Like That's just the one spot that I could see the Cowboys trying to upgrade. And the other one that just makes me a little bit nervous is linebacker, but you don't really have a need. 
right now. But we know with Leighton Van Der Esch's injury history that you could have one at any moment. So I just keep thinking about if Van Der Esch goes down and it's Damone Clark, Devin Harper, and Marquise Bell. I don't feel great about that position, but I don't know if you can convince somebody like Deion Jones to come in and sign a contract if he's going to be inactive for the first however many games of the season. Well, I mean, I and and I think that it, linebacker could be one of those positions where <laughs> your your backup is on the couch. You know, I mean, yeah. there are so many capable linebackers, uh, you know, that are available. Like, you know, you're just not you're not going to get a top end linebacker on the free agent market. No, uh, but you're there. also not going to you know a, a struggle to find a uh, you know anything less than below average. I mean, it, the floor is pretty high on on street available well, linebackers right now, especially so. on this team when they have so many safeties that can yeah, do exactly. some linebacker stuff. They just they don't use linebackers very often. But it's it is the one spot where if Van Der Esch again knock on wood goes down, I don't feel great about the other pure linebackers on the team. But you're right. I think if they need to go out and get somebody, I'm sure that they could. Yeah, and and again, like apparently they can just create create a player linebacker uh, out of safeties whenever they want, which is you know incredibly impressive I'll, as well. I'll run through a couple other positions right now. I think from the running yeah. back spot, I I think you've got to feel at least good where you're at right now. I do. I I, I think with Dowdle, you know, we we wanted to see it in the game, but we saw a little bit that they are using the, these guys the way that we thought they would. I love that combination. Let, let's ride it out a little bit more and see how it goes. I mean, tight end, but I don't know if there's really any viable tight ends out there. Like, do you, is OJ Howard a big enough upgrade over Peyton Hendershot to even do that? OJ Howard's not going to give you anything on special teams where at least Peyton Hendershot can. Again, I, I, I don't see, I don't see a clear upgrade in free agency as of right now. Again, if Jake Ferguson were to get hurt or Luke Schoonmaker would get hurt, maybe that's when you go out and get somebody. But right now, I think you're okay. I'm keeping an eye on the Hendershot thing, but I'm not worried about Hendershot. No. You know, like I, I still believe in Hendershot, and I think you know that'll get sorted. I'm just not even concerned about Ferguson. That's, yeah. I think that's more the. Crisis. I'm not so concerned. About it's it. not time to go out and get a tight end yet because you've got that guy uh, on your on your practice squad, anyways. Frankly, yeah. Well, yeah, you can pull up Sean McEwen anytime that you want to have a C minus at tight end like this. They just have that guy already in the system that knows how to play every single spot. They'll be fine. Uh, any interest in grabbing like a, a 79th safety for this team? No, I don't know where you'd fit them. <laughs> uh, like, what is he or doing? Like, like, or something. Yeah. Like, I mean, what are you going to play him at running back? Like, don't That's worry. We lost two running backs, but we've still got seven more safeties that we can fill in. There. I, I was doing a piece for the 33rd team today on like some of the top free agents. And there's like five safeties. And I'm like, oh, this is a good player. This is a good player that I'm not sure would even make the Cowboys practice squad because that's how loaded they are at that position. Uh, All right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Again, every day, we'll be back tomorrow with a crossover show with Locked On Jets. Make sure you tune in in for that. They are always so much fun. I can't wait to see some uh, sad Jets fans. Great. Uh, go follow our show on Twitter, Locked On Cowboys. Go check us out on YouTube. We are free and available on all platforms. Follow Landon uh, on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time.